Welcome to episode two of the Coin Press podcast. I'm Luke Willis. Today I'm joined by Kui, who you might know by as a Moto Engineer on Discord or Telegram. Welcome, Kui. Hey, what's going on? How you doing? Good, good. Good to have you today. Um, Thank you. So, can you tell me a little bit how you're related to the Coinos project? Um, so, I'm I'm not part of the Coinos group, but uh, I have been with the project early on and. The relationship I really have with the Coinos team is going back to the uh, early Steam days. Um, so I, I know Andrew. Um, we actually both are at the uh, same um, Muay Thai gym together. And when he was on Steam, he introduced me to Steam. And uh, then the kind of rest is history. So we're on Steam early on, uh, watched it grow, watched it hard fork. And then he, uh, he made an announcement um, for the early group called Open Orchard. Yeah. And that kind of mutated itself into, you know, what are we going to do with a blockchain? I think last week on the podcast, he actually said that when they were creating Open Orchard, they actually weren't aware of what they were going to go build yeah. with that group. And that manifests itself as into Steam, I mean, into, uh, into Coinos. Yeah. Um, so that's how my early involvement came in with Coinos. And, uh, uh, you know, some of the if you went to DeFi summer 2020, then fees were a big item. And for, when when someone says fees blockchain, you go, okay, well, okay, I'm, I'm listening. Yeah. And next thing you know, it's uh, the miner came out, started mining, um, and then started buying tokens. Uh, was heavily involved in the uh, the old uh, the first Discord community. Then it went to Telegram, and then uh, became a moderator for the group. And uh, that's really how it all began. Very good. Yeah. Yeah. So you've been back since early days, then. Uh-huh. Uh, so uh, I'm actually curious because I wasn't involved at the time when they made the switch from Open Orchard to Coinos. Um, what, what what went around in that time? Were you uh, part of the discussions around the naming at all? Not at all. Uh, oh, right. You know, he. I think he put a post. Uh, the way I found out about it was actually he put a post up on Steam, or it was okay. a Hive at the time, um, and you know it was 2020. It was coronavirus, right? Um, and I was out in the field working. We were actually building hospitals out in Long Island, uh, field, field and tent hospitals, because I'm actually, in real life, I'm a, um, a structural engineer. Um, and we, so we were building out tent hospitals out in Long Island, and it was really hard for me to keep up with cryptocurrency at the time because I was working and getting stuck in my apartment. It was in New York City. The lockdown was going on. Um, we didn't have a vaccine. There was no toilet paper. Uh, what was the craziest thing? I, I'm, I'm Chinese, so I love Chinese food. We couldn't import anything. The Chinese Asian supermarkets were like, the, the line was out the door into the parking lot and circling into spaces. So I really actually did not keep up with how Open Orchard became Coinos, to be honest okay. with you. All right. No, no worries. That's okay. Um, cool. So uh, now that we are Coinos, we're talking about coin um, as an asset. Obviously, the mm-hmm. The mining phase is over, so the only yep. way to really get coin today is to purchase it. Um, yep. And it is still an ERC twenty token on Ethereum, so it's not the feeless blockchain that we're we're all super right. excited about. So, for people like you or me, or somebody who's maybe newer to the project, why would somebody want to get involved now while it's not live yet? It's not a real blockchain yet. All right, so I'm obviously going to. There's going to be people who are talking about money, right? People want to buy yeah. a token early and sell it. I'm not talking about those guys. Um, sure. So if you want to buy coin to make money, then buy it however you want. For everyone else, um, 
when you're buying, to me at least, when you're buying this coin token, the ERC20 distribution token, what you're buying into is basically the blockchain that's going to be, they're buying into the vision of the team, they're buying into the ability of the team to deliver what they're saying they're going to deliver and their history as well, right? You're not actually buying a token that has any real-world use right now. It is a placeholder for mainnet coin. So the reason you would want to buy it now is because coin gives you mana, and that mana can be used to run smart contracts could be, and eventually will be used as a basis of powering decentralized applications, right? Yeah. And so if you get your hands on, on, a, on one coin token, you're going to get one mana, and that one mana is, is going to be used to power whatever decentralized applications use in the future, if you right. try to buy coin in the future, it's going to come at a higher price and you're going to end up having less access to the network resources. Because when you have coin, you're, if you have one coin, you're guaranteed one mana. If, you're, if you hold you know, 1% of all the coin tokens out there, you will always have access to 1% of all the mana out there. Now, that's a stark difference because when you run a smart contract and network congestion is high, the price in mana is going to also be high. So it varies how much money you need to run a smart contract. So between two points in time, you may use less or more mana, and therefore you would need coin to, 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 to cover that. Now, what's interesting is that you don't actually have to have coin in order to experience this because there's something called uh, implicit uh, delegations. And so if you don't have coin and you don't want to buy it now because you're seeing it as too, be, too risky, you don't know the team, you don't know the history behind it, you can still experience coin in the future. You just have to pay for a mono delegation, or maybe your friend likes you really much and he gets you for free. But you can, will, and you can and will should be able to uh, use uh, mono through a delegation, delegation in the future. Cool. Yeah, so I guess um, my perspective has been, like, if you're not uh, a moon boy trying to just get the, uh, the money in now and, and reap you know, 10x, 100x, whatever your price target mm -hmm. is for coin, um, the people who really should be looking at coin as an asset are the people who um, who are going to need a lot of mana, right? Yep. So it's uh, if you are a developer who wants to build some kind of decentralized app, um, then you'd have a pool of coin, which is generating mana and can power the experience you want to build for forever, right? Um, so you're basically pre-buying all of your network resources um, at a very low price now uh, compared to whatever it's going to be later. Um, I, I kind of think of it as if you were building like web 2.0 stuff, um, building mm -hmm. on AWS or whatever. It's kind of like if, the, uh, if Amazon had said, we're going to build AWS and you can buy uh, a voucher that'll entitle you to free server time and storage forever then that would be a pretty good deal at that time so yeah that's also a scary thing to do too so it's the cool thing with coin is that there's two sides of the equation right right uh, once mainnet coin gets released you you have the developer side and then you have the end user side and really the end user side won't actually have to hold coin to experience it they won't even need to know what blockchain is hopefully the whole address and wallet situation gets solved. Um, but if they want to experience uh, a decentralized application on Coinos, they won't need to hold coin. 
Now, on the developer side, on the other hand, which this platform is really what it's meant for, it's developers. Um, holding coin now basically means you're getting into a, a, a blockchain system at a very low cost. Now, the only thing is that I don't know if developers have the, the right understanding of Coinos in order to buy, buy, buy right now. Right, so sure. they're going to come in at a probably higher price as the system gets released more and more. I mean, we have these version one testnet, we've had version two testnet, we're going to have version three testnet soon, and that version three testnet should include the uh, consensus mechanism and a governance system. And I think once you get that release, you're going to have a bigger package, and people are going to understand that a little more. There might be some hesitation on the consensus mechanism. But uh, it's a novel consensus mechanism. Uh, so if you've been following uh, Andrew's recent posting, um, he's doing a three-part series. I don't know if you saw that link. Uh, he's talking about proof of work. He's talking about proof of stake. And then the last series is called proof of burn. So we have a pretty good idea of what's going to happen there. Right. Um, so uh, it's a novel consensus mechanism. And hopefully once that documentation on how this works and how the system works on the version 3 testnet, developers who take their time to understand this and the community members who uh, take the time to understand it and develop videos to help other people understand it more, they will probably come and say, hey, I want to buy that token because this whole you know, mana thing is pretty cool. I have to hold my coin token and I can develop my decentralized application. And if somebody wants to experience my dApp, I will you know, basically burn my mana for you to experience it. That's the whole crazy part where you can really unleash some really creative applications. I'm really right. excited about that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that is that is key, right? Because if you're if you're holding the coin, you kept the mana forever. Um, so I I've heard that mana regenerates like every five days. I don't know if that's locked in. Um, do you know any more about, or am I incorrect in that? So I think um, the five days number has been thrown around as a, a good amount of time that they think is, you know, opportunity cost what we're talking about here, right? If you had to wait five days to do something, is that too much time or too little time? You know, it's right. basically five working days. Right. I, I, I push stuff off on Monday to Friday, you know? Um, I think five days is a good working time, I, you, and it should be changeable. Um, a lot of the way right. Coinos is structured is that everything can be changed uh, uh, through governance. So right. I, I believe that you would not need, unlike Steve, you would be able to change the uh, recharge day from five days to four days, so as long as enough people agree on it. And that won't require a hard fork because everything is a smart contract. So technically speaking... Um, the recharge time should be a system-level smart contract, and a system-level smart contract requires a certain level of governance in order to change without a hard fork. It's just a setting in there. You don't need to reboot the entire system. Right. Yeah. Okay. So, so yeah, and that, that's, a, that's a key part here. When we talk about governance with uh, Coin, Coinos Network, um, mm -hmm. it, it controls everything, right? So if you don't like the five-day or if you don't like the rate of inflation or whatever, governance is how we make those changes. Um, yep. And I think, I don't know that we've heard this, but I think that governance is going to be driven also by the mana system where you're going to have to burn some amount of mana to, uh, to vote, basically, in governance decisions. Um, that's not official, and I, yeah, I'm just spouting nonsense, potentially. Yeah. 
a lot of people are talking about burning mana. Um, and I don't know how many people are talking about burning coin, to be honest with you. Right. Uh, because, you know, it's proof of burn, right? Like, you know. Right. But if you read into the documentation that Andrew wrote about proof of work, he, he, he highlights something really interesting. Okay. Um, he said that in proof of work, what you're doing is you're burning cash to buy the equipment, to burn electricity, to burn the time for the opportunity to mine, coin, uh, mine Bitcoin, right? Mm-hmm. So the whole idea behind proof of work is that you're losing some real value, some hard value. That's their dollars, right? So I think that in proof of burn, maybe we're talking about burning coin. Maybe we're not talking about burning mana because mana is time, but there's no real, I mean, I don't want to say there's no value to time because time is the ultimate value here. But if you had to wait, you could wait. If you really want to make sure someone is going to potentially lose some money, you make them burn some coin. Right. So we don't know yet if we're going to burn coin or burn mana or how the entire system works, but if, you know, we're going to find out uh, in, sure. you know, in the coming weeks and months. Uh, but, but yeah. Yeah. Regardless, there's, regardless of what uses there are for your, your mana, it is opportunity cost. It's what yep. you're going to do with your mana for the time you have it. Are you going to yep. spend it on this smart contract or that smart contract or delegate it to your friend or stake it in some pool or, or whatever? So. Yeah, there's there's also one, one cool thing. Uh, if you look into the mono white paper, is that there's separate resource pools. There's a whole section about that, right? And um, so, say for example, they did this really good in uh, in the white paper. In Ethereum, if you want to upload a smart contract, if you want to run a transaction, if you want to execute a smart contract, the way that op- that uh, transaction is priced is similar through all three options, right? It's priced the same way. Now. If I understand the mono white paper correctly, and I'm pretty sure I'll get blasted for this, uh, you know, uh, in, the, in, the, in the groups if I get it wrong. But if I understand it correctly, you should be able to price the operations for a smart contract upload, for a token transfer, and for a smart contract execution differently, because each of them requires different amount of resources to. Con- uh, I'm sorry, they require this. Uh, they require the same amount of computing power, but they can be priced differently in mana. And that what that does is it allows you to perform different transactions at a different mana cost. Sure. Right? So they're not linear. Right. Yes. And that is key. I, I read the same thing in, in the white paper. Basically, the, the cost of any transaction, whether that's uploading a smart contract or transfer to somebody else or whatever, is it's variable. It's based on an actual calculation of the resource cost, yep. not just, you know, uploading a smart contract costs a hundred mana. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. It's uh, cool. It's a really cool, you know, it's, it's, just, it's very minute issue, but we're talking about efficiency here, right? There are times in, in 2020 where you, if you want to upload a smart contract, it was the same cost as making a transaction. What? What's going on there? Right. I'm just trying to upload my smart contract. Someone can use it. When network demand is high on Coinos, it should be cheaper because no one's uploading smart contracts, right? And so you're making yeah. a more efficient system. And overall, you find these efficiencies in Coinos in every little microservice you see, and each microservice in itself could be individually expanded horizontally, right? And this creates a very super efficient system. Uh, yeah, I just get excited talking about Coinos sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Yeah, that's why you're on here. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, cool. Uh, all right. I'm sure we could go into more about the value of coin and, and mana and all that, but let's uh, 
let's shift gears a little bit. I'd like to talk more about the the community. Um, sure, so sure. If, if I'm a developer, or I mean, there's any number of personas we could we could dig into here. But if I'm just hearing about this project, what should I be doing right now to get involved? Uh, if I'm interested, what's the best way to learn? What's the best way to engage? How can I help? Yeah. So the two main places where you can, you know, even if you're not a developer, right? The two main places that you would benefit the most out of is probably Discord group and Telegram. The Telegram is a little more of a wild, wild west going on there. Uh, obviously, right. with Telegram, it's just kind of like this, you know, remember AOL 5.0, aim chat messages, bling, 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 bling. Everybody's just going off. Topics are all over the place. Uh, but everybody that is super nice. Most people in the Telegram channel are also in the Discord channel, but the Discord group, uh, it's more organized, and when you go in there, you can find uh, a lot more technical documentation. You can find um, information in a more organized manner. In both those groups, you're free to ask questions, and I think that if you don't know about Coinos, the first thing you're going to do is go on coinos.io, read the white paper read uh, the mono white paper and soon read the governance and consensus mechanism white paper. That's going to give you some baseline understanding. And there's always going to be questions when you read the time documentations, right? So the next thing you do from there is probably join the Discord, Telegram group, ask some questions. A lot of us will be able to answer them. Um, right now, it's still a lot of speculation because governance and, uh, and uh, the consensus mechanism are two you know, big holes in, in our knowledge base right now as far as the community is concerned. Um, I'm sure the corner scoop guys are just like, hmm, can't wait to give them this piece of information. Everybody's going to go crazy over it. But join Discord, join Telegram. And the next thing, if you're a developer now, you can reach out to, to Michael. You can reach out to Steve. Uh, you can reach out to uh, Andrew. Um, I'm missing a couple of names here. But yeah. they're super easy to get a hold of. And they can help you figure out, you know, what are you trying to build? What are you trying to achieve? And they can give you the information you need to make a decision on whether or not Coinos is the right platform for you in terms of blockchain. Uh, so that's going to be three tiers. Uh, read Coinos.io, join the Telegram and Discord group, then reach out to the engineers. They're super available to discuss about your project and how it can help you. Yeah, and... Um just to plug myself here a little bit, <laughs> the coinpress.com is a great place to go uh, subscribe to the newsletter there and uh, learn what you can, especially if you're not super into white papers, but still want to know more about Coinos. This is also super cool that you're doing this, this coinpress too. Everything we've done in, in this group is completely grassroots, completely, if you want to do it, just come and join. Nobody's, Absolutely. you know, there's, there's no payment going on. Right. right. I, I mean, I'm not getting paid to do this. I don't think you're getting paid to do this. I've got know. several moderators. They're not getting paid to do this. And everybody loves it because we're all we're all in this because we want to be a part of it. And so the big thing with this community is that everyone who's joined so far, uh, they've been able to put what their abilities are allowed them to. We've got guys yeah. making graphics, guys making videos, guys making podcasts like what you're doing right here is completely decentralized. It's amazing. Everything about Coinos is amazing. Um, and the decentralized nature of it is just, it's cool to see this develop real time and be yeah. a part of it too. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think that that comes from the, the core team, the, the Coinos group. Oh, hundred percent. As far as I'm aware, they're not taking salaries and they don't have any external investment. They didn't do an ICO to get, you know, huge funding to 
have their wallets nope. uh, from the beginning. So this whole community lives off of that fully decentralized, fully, um, we're all here to just add value and build the best thing we can and, um, you know, play to your strengths. You know, that, that's actually a pretty cool, cool thing to talk about. Um, I don't know how many people would consider this as a strength, but I believe Andrew and his whole Kornos group team have been working together for, you know, the entire time Steam existed. Uh, not right. the entire time, because I think Andrew kind of joined halfway in. But sure. it's hard to get a good team of people who, because this happens, right? When you're, if you're a working professional, you have a team that you love, but you get into arguments and fights all the time, right? That's how you create the bond. That's how you solve problems. And sometimes you just go at each other, but when you solve the problem, you love each other, right? right. Uh, I've, I've never seen the group work, but I can only imagine that's the way they work because that's how I like to work in my teams. Um, and that group dynamic, the way people interact with each other, good luck building that team to sure. combat or to compete against Coinos. I think actually Andrew mentioned this in the last podcast. Um, assembling the team is, at, if everybody had the same skill and you didn't have any teamwork, you still couldn't build it, right? And that really bleeds over into the community, extremely bleeds over into the community. And that's exactly why the group is the way it is. Yeah, 100%. Um, <laughs> yeah, we could go on. Um, yeah. Uh, it's exciting. In. It's really exciting. It is really exciting. Uh, there's something like 1,400 members on the Telegram. I don't know how many are on the Discord, actually. Uh, well, uh, Discord's got a, less than 1,000, I think. Um, I could be wrong. Uh, I could check right now, but uh, there's a couple, of, maybe 1,000 on Discord, 1,400 on Telegram, unless you were there for the bot attack the other day. Then we just shot the 7,000. Oh, here's another thing. If you were there, we got bot attacked. My phone goes off at like five in the morning, um, and we're just getting floods of thousands of people in. And what happened? Okay, the team rallied together, and we we're trying to figure out a solution. Uh, Steve uh, was the owner of the Telegram group, but we couldn't get a hold of him. And uh, we're just like getting ready. The second Steve wakes up, he's gonna give us admin rights to the Telegram group, and we're gonna hit this bot because we're just seeing like. 4,000 members, 5,000 members, 6,000 members. He wakes up, gives us all the rights. We deploy two different bots, couldn't figure it out. Then we had this other guy named uh, uh, Daniel Van Luten, who I have no idea who he is. He's in Germany somewhere, right? Right, right? He comes in, runs his bot, and now we're figuring out, okay, we got the situation under control. Bots don't come in. What do we do? There's like five of us sitting there just deleting member by member by member. We deleted like whatever 7,000 minus 1,500 is, right? Like yeah. uh, 5,500 people, uh, whatever it is. We just manually deleted and everybody's just like, within 24 hours, problem solved. All because the community wanted that group to be cleaned up. It's amazing. Right. It is. Yeah. It, and it's it's fun to see. Like I, I was there. I just like turned off notifications. I didn't have the bandwidth that day to help out. So it was, yeah, yeah. It was cool to see you all jump in and get it taken care of. It was great. Yeah, yeah. As it, as it was good. It's good. I liked it a lot. <laughs> it's uh, funny. It is funny. Yeah. Everything's funny. So, yeah, it's uh, so there's 1,400 members. So, this is still super early for Coinos. Uh, oh, yeah, absolutely. There's there's something, there's approaching like 3,000 token holders right now. Yep. Um, so, you know, the, the community on Discord Telegram could be bigger uh, just based on that. Um, 
but yeah, I think yeah, but these, these token holders are, are people who are, who are actually buying the token. Um, right. You look at any other token, they get airdropped or there's fictitious wallets here. I mean, 2,929 right. tokens, I'm looking at it right now. In terms of individuals, you know, 60% of that maybe, you know, sure. roughly. It's a good number. It's a good number yeah. for this early stage. Yeah, well, if uh, if anybody is interested in joining the project, uh, you don't have to own coin to join and uh, join the community. So it's uh, it's a good time to at least get involved, even if you're not looking to put dollars down. Yeah, if you're, you know, I had this discussion with someone else. They said, um, if you're of of the age, you know, basically eighteen up to even 40, 45 years old. Uh, you've got a lot of time left over on this planet, and this world is going to get more and more digital. Yep. Uh, and and I also read something really interesting on Twitter the other day. Some guy said that the metaverse, which we all know what's coming, the metaverse is in some digital place. What it is is a, a, a time in our lives where digital reality is just as important to us as real-life reality. And what, what he, I think what he meant by that was saying that you will find that there is as much value jumping onto the internet as there is going to an event, right? And that is what the metaverse is. It's a combination of value between reality and virtual reality. And so if that's really going to be the case, why are you not jumping into blockchain now because blockchain is the only way it's literally the key to unlocking the value between digital reality and real life reality so coinos is free it's a free platform for people to use so why not jump onto this come in discord and learn about it and even if you don't buy a token learn how it works yeah yeah if you're a if you're a developer interested in building the multiverse and are excited to get you know, your hands on uh, the Coinos testnet, it's a great time to start your, your, your smart contracts and building that, that DAP. Have you um, uh, run a node yet? I have run it. Uh, I haven't done much with it yet. So I'll have to <laughs> practice what it's, I uh, it, it's, uh, listen, I've never ran any node before and running the, the Coinos blockchain node. Uh, the version one was uh, a, little, a little finicky, but the version two was really solid. It's easy to install. You can literally get it done in five minutes. You've got to be really, really bad with computers to not be able to do it. Uh, right. But you should be able to download um, you know, Docker. They made it super easy to run using Docker. Punch in a couple of commands, and boom, you've got a node running. I think that's going to be exactly how it's going to be done for mainnet. So yeah. we're all talking about accessibility here. People should be able to run a node super easy. And it's, uh, you know, I send tokens between my two computers. Right. <laughs> we'll be able to do more soon. Yeah. Yeah, and the, the testnet, actually, I wanted to talk about this. Uh, testnet is something that's not going anywhere. Uh, it is mm-hmm. an environment for developers, basically. So if you're looking to build something, um, I actually don't know if Ethereum has something like that. Uh, but a you can net? build a testnet, yeah. Yeah, they do. They do. Okay, great. Uh, so you can build for the testnet in Coinos, Uh and then deploy to to the actual Coinos mainnet when you're ready. Um, yeah. And then the on top of that, I, Andrew mentioned this last week. And I think it's a great point that the Coinos it's not just a blockchain. It's not the mainnet. It is a framework. You are yep. 
you have a package that if you outgrow the Coinos mainnet, you can then talk to the team or do it yourself and spin up your own blockchain that is Coinos based. Yep. And that's a cool feature of, of this environment. So if you're building for Coinos, then you're building for whether you want to build a, a single purpose blockchain, multi-purpose, or on top of somebody else's blockchain, you can do it with Coinos. I think that um, what we'll probably end up seeing is that, so, so on Ethereum, you can launch your own token on Ethereum. And, and if you launch your token on Ethereum, you end up with the ability to leverage Ethereum security because you're basically just moving your tokens on a smart contract and that smart contract is publishing the transactions onto the main, main blockchain. You're, it's likely that's going to happen on, um, on Qantas as well. But, what, but as you pointed out, Qantas is also a framework. You should be able to spin up your own blockchain that's, that has microservices, that has mana, um, that has, um, you know, all, it, you can actually swap it out. Maybe you don't want proof of burn. You Maybe you want proof of work on your blockchain. You should be able to do that. And now you, you have an environment where you have multiple blockchains. All of these blockchains are feeless. And so the bridging between the two blockchains should also be feeless. Right, and that's one of the biggest issues with the current environment. We know that we're going to have a multi-chain universe. We know that people want to jump from chain to chain, and each time you jump from chain to chain, there is a fee involved on both ends. Right, a double whammy. So if you have the blockchain framework powering several blockchains, then you'll likely have true interop- interoperability between blockchains. That is right some real secret sauce that I don't think people are aware of. It, it won't happen until years down the line, right? Uh, but it's something that can happen and it definitely will happen because fees are the number one barrier to entry in this case. hundred percent. Yeah. The more Coinos based blockchains there are, the better interoperability, interoperability is for the world. Um, yep. If you're coming from Ethereum to Coinos, then you still have to pay fees to get out of Ethereum, yep. but it's free to join. Coinos. Yep. So, hey, how crazy would it be if you have, you know, just copies and copies of Coinos, yeah, you know, Coinos A, B, C, what you want to call it, right? And you have this multi-chain universe is all free, and that's how it scales, right? It's not, it's not scaling through like optimistic rollups. It's not scaling through sharding. It's scaling through multiple blockchains that are just all free, and every version of it is, you know, whatever spice flavor that this guy wants, but. You have true interoperability. Maybe that is actually sharding. Maybe sharding is just having multiple copies of Coinos everywhere. <laughs> Who knows? I mean, that, that mirrors the way uh, our actual networks arrive in real life, right? You, know, you and yeah. I are connected, and you know, I know a whole bunch of people in my area, and you know a whole bunch of people in your area, but we probably don't know very many people from each other's networks. So yeah, that's true. Yeah. It's that interoperability between our two networks that we can do this freely today through web two sitting here on Google meets. Um, but if we could do this through a blockchain web three, then it's just a truly peer to peer network that mirrors yeah. real. That's yeah. I, I never even had this thought until now. That's uh, yeah. absolutely blows my mind right now. That's that, that exactly <laughs> could be what the future is like the way we solve um, the way we solve, uh, what's it called? Um, this whole scaling issue is just to have copies of, 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 of Coinos framework and just rename it something else. And you have a fee list transfer between blockchains because of interoperability and mono. 
good things. Yeah. So it's a good time to be building for Coinos because you could you could run on any or all of those networks. Oh yeah, tw- tw- you know, 2022 is going to be such an awesome year. Um, well, first of all, 2020 sucked. 2021 sucked. So <laughs> if 2022 is any better than 2021 and 2020 combined, I think we're in a good position, right? Um, so you know, we got Coinos coming out. Uh, we got Felis, uh, Felis blockchain. Um, the whole DeFi 2.0 is starting to take off. Um, you have the introduction of multi-language support. So every developer is going to come crawling out of every single hole going like, oh, I don't need to learn how to, you know, you know, Solidity to program Ethereum. Wait, what? I don't need to buy Ethereum in order to run my smart contract. Wait, the users of my decentralized application don't need to hold Ethereum to run my smart contract? What? It's going to blow up. I think 2022 is going to be an exciting year for, for Coinos and blockchain overall. Uh, if you're going to be building something on software, uh, even if you don't, if you, even if you're not a software developer, I'm not a software developer, right? But if you have an idea on how, how you can, you know, create something that exists right now um, that has centralized pain or some type of uh, issue where people don't trust it, you, the world is your oyster. Yeah. especially with Felix blockchain. Just go and build it. Even if it sucks, it's probably better than what you can do in Ethereum right now. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm a developer, but I've shied away from building for Ethereum in the past because of the barrier to entry. Um, I've taken the time to learn a lot about it, but never actually sat down and built an app because, you know, oh, I got to buy how much Ethereum just to run this thing? Mm-hmm. Uh, so having an environment like Coinos, where I can come in and start building and make something that's awesome without that barrier to entry. That's huge. So yeah, I, yeah, I, man, it uh, it still blows my mind. I mean, I've I've known about the potential of this one, or I'm sorry, it's probably better to say that I was aware of the potential of Coinos uh, since the beginning with the whole feelist nature and. and yeah, I'm going to repeat this. I probably said it a thousand times already, but it's just so exciting to say again. You don't need to hold coin in order to experience blockchain. So theoretically, uh, let's say this is a current example. If I want to run a smart, uh, a decentralized, decentralized application, say it's CryptoKitties, right? I got to go on Coinbase. I've got to get my Ethereum. I've got to move my Ethereum to my MetaMask, figure out how MetaMask works, and then send my transaction, probably get it rejected, get pissed off, lose some money, not even realize I'm losing money because you don't even realize that there's blockchain fees. You don't realize right. that there's uh, minor tips. And if, you're, and if you're using Uniswap, there's a, a platform fee all built in and you don't even know this. But on Coinos, you should be able to download a wallet app, right? request a delegation of Mana, and boom, you're in. Don't have to hold any coin. Go experience that yep. dApp if you love it, okay? It's going to be kind of hard to buy coin in the beginning because you still have to deal with centralized exchanges and decentralized exchanges. But the fact that you can just go to a, a market and, and, and get mana, maybe the solution is that there is this marketplace where you can send me five bucks in PayPal and I'll give you X amount of mana for X amount of time. And that's how we're going to you know, uh, get people to experience that without having to buy the coin first. I don't know. There's a yeah. lot of ways you can do this. I think, um, especially at the beginning here, we're probably going to see some sort of, uh, not really charitable, but a, like a free-to-use pool of, of mana that you can access 
to, to get onboarded, right? Um, because adoption is key, right? If we have people building apps, we want to encourage that. So everybody who is a coin holder is incentivized to give back a portion of that to get more people on. Um, so, I mean, yeah, you could go and you could make uh, 100% of your coin staked in some pool where you're going to make a profit from that from that mana, but you don't have to. Uh, so I think judging by the community and what I've seen, I think that a, a portion of it is going to be charitable. Right? That's probably not the right term, but available to people to use to get on. Yeah, I think that's probably going to happen, but um, you know, we saw that happen in Steam too. In Steam, uh, I believe there was um, delegations being given to people to build on that platform, but it was not a smart contract platform, so you really couldn't build anything on it. Right. Um, on Coinos, I don't know what Coinos Group's plans are, uh, but I think one of the first things you will see on that blockchain is probably some type of mon mono delegation um, you know, exchange. Whether or not that's going to be free or extremely, extremely, extremely low cost, I don't know. I will say this. If somebody wants to build on Coinos and they need mana to try to you know, play around with things, I'll, I'll delegate you mana. No problem for me. You know, If you build something super cool, do it. <laughs> right. Yeah. More power to you. It, it's the community. Yeah. Even if there's no official like pool of this, if you're on Discord and you're on Telegram and you're talking about what you want to do, there's tons of people like Kui that are going to help you out. So we'll get, yeah. we'll get you on. Absolutely. hundred percent. We're trying to make this thing something that everyone can access and everyone, you know, can easily understand. And that's really it. You know, I, I, you know, as, as an engineer myself, when I'm trying to communicate people, some, some, uh, some ideas, you've got to bring it down to a level where someone can easily understand it. Uh, if you don't do that, it's very hard for them to absorb it. I'm not saying that some people, um, there's people out there who just, you know, you have to dumb things down too much, but the overwhelming majority of the population, they've got a lot of things going on in their head. They've got day-to-day -day activities, you know, they're a parent, they got kids at home, they got their job stress. If you want to come home and imagine you had to like log into your Netflix and got to pay a fee and then it doesn't work and then this and that, it's just too complicated, Right. You want to make things simple, and that's one of the biggest, biggest goals that Cornos is, is doing is uh, just making it easy to access, simple to access. Yeah. Yeah, and it's – I mean, I, I do a lot with UX and um, friction of onboarding and that sort of thing for my day job. So it's that step of getting somebody's credit card or access to their wallet. We'll talk about Web3. That is – it's a huge barrier to entry. If you're not – letting people run your application before having to go set up a wallet, you're going to turn away all kinds of people. So having oh, yeah. a system in place where you can just use it and then deal with all of the other stuff later, if you want to go that route, you don't have to. That's great. Do you ever use applications, the free versions of it at least, and then go, man, this is so cool. Just And, and, and it's so cool. And then you start power using it, right? Yeah. And it goes, ah, you know, now you get to a point where you're just a passive user. You got to give us some money. I'm just like, take my freaking wallet. Here it is. Here's my credit card. Here's my debit card. Here's cash. Just throwing at it. Just right. to get it to work. It's just so good. Right. And if you didn't give me that free version, even if it's only for like 30 seconds of a demo or something, I wouldn't have experienced that. And I wouldn't 
I wouldn't want to give you my credit card because I wouldn't know what I'm getting myself into. Well, it, on top of that, it's not even it's not even a trial. Like yeah. you know, I don't want anybody mistaken that if you if you use a DAP, it's not a trial. You get the full access with with uh, with Mana. You just right. don't get unlimited access, right? Like one one app that I really like to use is Evernote. Uh, you can only log on to one device in the free version. But once you start becoming a power user, I got my work laptop, I got my personal laptop, I got my desktop, I got my phone, and they want you know like nine ninety five for it to sync between all four devices. And now your files can include pictures and videos uh, up to like some ridiculous size that no one ever really needs except unless you're a power user. Right. Uh, for ten bucks a month, boom, I've got the free version, which they give me unlimited access to, but you know kind of restricted on certain levels. Sure. And, and on Coinos, it'd be the same thing. You can get unlimited access, but if you want more, you just get to buy some coin or get some more delegation. Yep. Yeah, cool. Um, I would love to talk more about all this, but I think we've kind of <laughs> the topic maybe. Um, so yeah, you know, we're, we're pretty much out of time. So let's just wrap it up here. Um, you have any parting thoughts or are we good? Um. Man, parting thoughts, buy coin, um, and you're putting me on a spotlight over here. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. Just, you know, I don't want to just come over to our Discord group. You'll be yeah. amazed at how different the community is, uh, especially the Telegram group. We've got a lot of good moderators. I'm going to shout out some of these guys. I might miss a couple. Uh, like Glenn Mills, never met the guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, Daniel Valud, never met the guy. Um, and a couple others, I, I escapes me right now, but come join the community. You will find that it's a community like no other. It will get crazier as more people join, but as far as early beginnings go, come on in, ask some questions, learn about it. We'll take you in. There's no dumb questions. Great guys. And you're probably going to, if you join a telegram group, you are probably going to be talking a lot about non-coins related stuff because we're all that cool. <laughs> so come on in. And we'll love to have you. Awesome. Well, thank you, Kui. That's all the thank time you. we have. So uh, join me next time for the CoinPress podcast. Take care, guys. <laughs>